where you going? No, man, you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. Happy Monday morning. You're watching The Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bacanova. Happy Monday. Well, I'm trying to be optimistic. Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy. Homeroom is on Rumble. You just go to Rumble and you search the channels for The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and you click follow. It might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. And I did it. So you definitely can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, and sometimes on YouTube. That's when the professor's not going to get himself censored. Mostly that's just Wednesday. Then you can catch the podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. That's theroadtoconcord.com. That's where you'll find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joeattheroadtoconcord.com. He's a little slow, but he'll eventually get around emailing you back. Phones are on today, 229-469-0335 for registered numbers. We accept calls from regular known listeners. If you wish to call in, you must be a known class member that has participated in the chats on a regular basis. You may then request phone access through an email. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them, Joe is an acquired taste. This show is listener-sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising, so we're not limited in the content we provide for y'all. With that said, we do ask for your participation on a value-for-value basis. If you find our show of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, the show description on Rumble, and in the comments on the other streams. Hold on, Charlie. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Did you call me a Ferengi just a minute ago? Merengue. Yeah, you said I'm an acquired taste. That sounds like the rules of acquisition. Oh, yeah. Did you call sure me a Ferengi? Word. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Kind of look like right, one. Well, oh, I- <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. Just wanted to make hey, sure. All right. Don't know. Ta Charlie isn't all there. Now, don't just go anywhere, Charlie. And give it a chance. You soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. All right, guys, it's Monday. Real quick before we even get going with the show. Marianne says, happy Yom Kippur. Not to get into arguing over which day we're arguing about, but Charlie, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippurine. Yeah, hit the button. Uh, hit the button the wrong way. Yeah, just. Yom Ha Kippurim is the way it's. Uh... All right spoken of just real quick folks you know i know most of us think this is a jewish holiday but it's actually commanded in the scriptures to be kept forever and ever by all of those who honor and worship yahweh real quick charlie just give the class a brief over overview of what what today is for us in the in the feasts fall feast cycle well it's well in english we call it the day of atonement um what's interesting is the way it's literally means in in uh, Hebrew is the day of the covering uh, so you know if you look at it, at least the way I look at it is today is celebrates the day of the covering of our sins by Yeshua HaMashiach our uh, Jesus the Messiah 
Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, what's that mean to me personally? That's a day of reflection for me. It's a day that I look myself in the mirror and say, how you doing? How, how's your spiritual warfare going? He's ahead of the class lesson again. Yeah, yeah, bringing that back in. I, I like that. And it's time to say, okay, where do I need to make some changes in my life and, you know, kind of make a commitment to do better in the future? Yeah. Um, incidentally, if you're in the old covenant, you know, under the law of Moses, the covering would be the Torah, Yahweh's tent. That, that's what their prayer shawl represents is the covering. The, the Torah covered them. Well, now that you're under the blood of the Messiah, who incidentally happens to be Torah made flesh, <laughs> it connects. So we just wanted to get that out of the way real quick. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate that. Yep. Let Charlie do that because he's more of a student on these things than I am. See, you go to where your expertise is. I'm not an expert on everything. Contrary to what people think, I believe. I know I'm not. And then real quick, one more last thing we got to cover before we get into Manic Monday and the headlines. You see what I'm wearing, right? All I'm going to say is if you know, you know. So if you're if you're the one listening that I'm making the message for, if you know, you know, you get it, you get it, you don't, you don't. All right. It's Manic Monday, right? Headlines time. Woo-hoo, let's get right on into it. Public-private partnerships. Yeehaw! By the way, this is telling you what tomorrow's class is going to be about. Tomorrow's going to be about fascism and social decay. What are they? Well, we're going to do a little defining tomorrow, but for today, we're just going to look at public-private partnership, also known as, ooh, who are those guys? That's the rise of fascism there. The dude on the left is Benito Mussolini. He's just the guy who coined the term fascism. It's kind of like the expert on what he means by the word. Then the dude on the right, you know, he's the one that everybody thinks of when they, you know, the guy with the bad haircut and, and mustache and the nasty little temper. Yeah, and, and it, y'all know who we're talking about. I'm not allowed to say that word. I'll get censored. Can't be comparing anybody to them. <sighs> Somebody's posted. Oh, I didn't get this one quite right. I cropped the picture. Let me show you what we're actually looking at. This this, this is our first story for the day, right? This one's from oilprice.com. What? Oilprice.com. Yeah, you, you might, you know, what you need to do on your browser when you're watching a show is you need to put a little category at the, you know, bookmarks on the top of your browser. At least my DuckDuckGo works this way. And then whenever we do some of these things, look them up and stick them in there because you might want to go back to them from time to time. But this one, whoopsie, hit the wrong button there. This story is from Oil Price. And I want to show you what I found in here. The, the headline is about... Um, Things not necessarily going the way that, you know, we think they're supposed to go, you know, with oil headline says, China says fossil fuel phase out is unrealistic. What? Oh yeah. You find all these links in your show notes, folks, you know, the road to concord.com. So pull, pull quote from this story. It says phasing out fossil fuels is unrealistic is unrealistic as oil, natural gas, and coal will continue to play a crucial role in global energy supply and energy security. China's special climate envoy Xi Zhenhao said this week in a uh, speech obtained by Reuters, uh, uh, quoting this Xi or Xi or whatever I, I can't pronounce Chinese. I'm sorry, X I E. It says it is unrealistic to completely phase out fossil fuel energy. Well, duh, I've been saying that for a while. 
Xi, who will represent China at the uh, COP28 in Dubai in November, told ambassadors in Beijing ahead of the climate summit. China is the world's biggest consumer of coal and the largest importer of crude oil. Despite soaring renewable power capacity installations and um, power, renewable power, in other words, wind and solar, whatever, in recent years, China continues to consume growing volumes of coal, oil, and natural gas and continues to approve the construction of new coal-fired coal fired power capacity. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I pulled out of that? We're no longer the world's largest importer of oil. Not because we're creating our own anymore, but because we're no longer the world's largest economy. Gee, that's not a, you know, it's a harbinger right there. If you're FIM, you'd understand. If you're not, oh, well, you'll miss it. Continuing in the story, it says China, as well as India, has fought to have phase down instead of phase out in the language at all summits on climate and energy in recent years. Wait a minute. If China and India do their own thing, why are they having to, since when are what you you telling me that there are international forces that have influence over China? Hmm. There's that new world order thing, you know, the head of the beast. Again, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you understand. If not, you don't get this. China is also building or planning to build some 366 gigawatt GW in new coal generation capacity, accounting for some 68% of globally planned new coal capacity as of 2022. I thought we were phasing this stuff out. They're going to be making even more. If China wants to do this, and it's 68% of the new coal plants in the world, and they're not going to abide by any treaties we make, why the heck are we shooting ourselves in the foot when it's not going to do any good? That is literally cutting your nose off to spite your face. Unless, of course, there's another agenda here. The article continues, it says, this is according to a report earlier this year by climate think tank Global Energy Monitor, which also found that China accounted for more than half of the new global coal-generated capacity that came out online last year. During the first half of 2023 alone, China approved more than 50 gigawatt of new coal power, Greenpeace said in a report last month. That's more than it did in all of 2021, and the environmental campaign group said. Greenpeace. Hmm. Y'all do remember that green is the new red, right? What? Yeah, green is where the communists went. They left their red because everybody figured out that red is commie. So they switched the Democrat color from red to blue on your election screen and gave the Republicans the red color. And then they started waving a green flag in the world. You know, you can, you can, you can kill ca- capitalism through through environmentalism that's what that's all about there's another conspiracy hey you know what that's thursday's conspiracy theory Uh, green equals the new red we'll do that thursday cool today's going to be a week about tyranny more lawlessness in the headlines right or actually in the world around you so this whole thing with uh getting rid of fossil fuels if you look at the world and you pay attention to what people are telling you, you know that it's got nothing to do with saving the planet. There's something else going on. Our next story, this is from Electric, Electric, I can't pronounce that title there. Yeah, it looks like Electric. I don't know. I guess this is another one of these green sites. When you see what they wrote, you'll you'll understand that this has got more to do with, this is one of those pro-greeny-weeny places. 
excuse me, had to cough there and we don't have the cough button. It says there's a lesson to take from China's abandoned electric cars. Now this one here, this, this article is pro electric car. It says, sure enough, this particular Chinese EV graveyard was full of net Neta V and Biak BJEV EC3 electric vehicles, which were almost entirely used by ride hailing and car sharing services. It's kind of like a free Uber, you know, like they do with the bicycles over, I think it's in Denmark or the Netherlands. It says, over the last few years, several car sharing companies have folded after deploying thousands of low-range EVs in cities, leaving those cars in limbo. It's about 20,000 cars, I think they said. Some have suggested that those abandoned vehicles are brand new and are examples of companies trying to take advantage of government subsidies for electric vehicles. Now, the article will go on and tell you, no, some of them show that they've been used. Most of them have been used. Some of them are in wrecked. But this article does not sit where it should. Right there where it says government, you know, companies taking advantage of government subsidies. You should pay a little more attention to that. You should also pay attention to the fact that these free ride sharing things didn't work. Gee, why wouldn't it work if I can just freely use the vehicle whenever I want to? Something didn't, people didn't want it for some reason or another, or it didn't, something, something doesn't work. That's the way it is with all utopian left-wing socialist, you know, ideas. They don't ever work. But this article continues. He says, so what is the lesson? It's certainly not that EVs will fail. Really? Uh, I think the person who wrote this article's bias let him skip right over that problem. But okay, let's say. He says, for starters, we're talking about fewer than 20,000 EVs in a country that has millions of electric cars. Hmm. Okay. If you say so. There was no citing on that. No reference. Secondly, this is a story about a subpar EVs failing. Most of these vehicles have less than a 100 miles of range. Many of them have less than 50 miles of range. <laughs> you didn't tell me whether or not that's because that's the way the batteries were designed or is because that's because they're used so often and charged so frequently that batteries in those cars just did what the batteries do. So whoever wrote this article didn't look into this too much. They're making a lot of claims and they're not giving me any background on this so if you're ignorant this story would seem to be you know make a cogent sense if you understand the problems with evs you've got more questions than you have answers so far but the author continues he says car sharing companies thought they could flood cities with these and they would get used but it wasn't the case their low cost didn't compensate for their poor performance and experience especially when using public transport would generally get you to where you wanted to go faster in those cities. In other words, trains and buses. Hmm. So you wanted a free ride sharing in a world where it wasn't really going to work. That's kind of how, you know, the, the, the American left in the United States always wants to do fast trains and nobody ever uses them. So the government has to subsidize them to keep them running to prove that the leftist idea wasn't a failure. See, the train's still running. Amtrak still runs. Yeah, nobody rides it. And it's expensive. You can pay, you can buy airline flights cheaper than you can ride on Amtrak. It's supposed to be cheaper. Their ideas never work. Okay, that author didn't see any of that in this. He goes, therefore, I think the lesson here is that EVs will succeed by being better vehicles than the internal combustion vehicles, not inferior products like these. Also, using them with car sharing or ride hailing services doesn't compensate for the product not being good. 
The saddest thing about this whole situation is the fact that these vehicles are not being recycled and are just sitting there. Someone should get on that. Two more things that we should have taken from this experience in China that this author missed again. See, this author's focus is just EV good, EV good, EV good. That's all he can see. Or she. I don't care. Doesn't matter. EV good. You can go find out in the show links if you want to look it up. That's all they know. EV good, EV good. There were lots of warning signs in that article that they the, the author even brings them up, doesn't even pay attention to them. Why aren't they being recycled? Because they cost too much to recycle. You're not going to get enough juice out of the squeeze. That's why they're not being recycled. Too much work, too much money, too much effort. You're not going to get enough back out of them. There's nothing there to recover that's worth anything. Otherwise, if there was money to be made there, somebody would be going to get it. And also, the EVs are going to be better than gas-powered cars. <clears throat> Wrong. Never. Ever. It's the nature of a battery. If an electric vehicle was better than a gas-powered vehicle, don't you think that Detroit would have done that a long time ago? Yes, it would have. There's a reason that we've got electric vehicles driving down the road with a trailer hitch, you know, like the dog cage trailer hitch that you see in the South here. You know, put the, the big platform in the back of your car. Well, what what is, what's the EV going down the road with? An electric generator and a big two two five gallon gas cans of gasoline, so that when they get stuck or out of gas out of electricity, they can stop and charge their car. How's that any better than a gas powered? Well, you just got to make it better, Joe. You can't. It's the limit of physics in our technology at this time, and yet we're going to convert the whole world over to something that the Chinese are flat out telling us isn't going to work. National suicide. That alone should tell you there's something more going on here than what we what than what they're telling us. So what's that got to do with the rise of fascism, Joe? Fascism is dictatorship. So when somebody somewhere gets this bright idea that this is what we're going to do, whether you like it or not, and I'm going to shove it down your throat, that's fascism. Especially when you're working in hand-in-hand -hand conjunction with private, so-called private enterprise. You'll see. Coming on the board from Sandy McClendon, doesn't China and Russia produce the most pollution yet does the least correct the damage? Why are we going overboard? It's not about the environment in the USA. It's about control, in my humble opinion. Yes, but it would be China and India, Sandy. Uh, China and India are the two biggest pollutants in the world, and they are the two least. Even if they sign the treaty, they don't they don't conform to it. They do what they want to do. They're going to put their country and their economies before the world. And you're right. So why are we doing this? It is about control. You are correct, which makes it fascism. California's new zero emission rule backfires as trucking companies load up on diesel rigs before the deadline. What? <laughs> you mean? People didn't just naturally do whatever the heck the left-wing utopians told them to do? Gee, you mean people aren't going to live the way Marx described them to live? I wonder why that. There's something wrong with people, man. You need to be listening to your progressive masters. From the story, according to USA Today, in April, lawmakers in the Golden State passed a mandate that required companies to switch over to zero emissions trucks with the goal of having only a zero emission trucks by 2042. That ain't going to work. Under the new rules by 2036, manufacturers will only be allowed to sell zero emission models of heavy duty or medium duty trucks. Other states are reportedly considering similar laws for both passenger vehicles and trucks 
but they might want to take a lesson from California here. The restrictions on dray or drayage trucks, you know, heavy duty trucks, do not go into effect until the beginning of 2024. And they are already backfiring as truckers are finding ways to evade the ban on diesel drayage trucks. According to the Wall Street Journal, many trucking companies in the states are stocking up on diesel rigs ahead of January 1st deadline, ensuring that the state has a supply of diesel drayage rigs for years to come. Many, uh, Manny Carrillo, the chief executive of Talent Logistics, said that much of the motivation behind the buying spree is to avoid problems such as the scarcity of new electric vehicles and the limited availability of charging infrastructure once the mandate kicks in. The problem here is, folks, electric vehicles are very, very, very inefficient when it comes to hauling heavy loads. And that's because the battery discharges at an inverse proportionate to the rate of demand on it. So the harder it has to work, the faster it discharges, which means the shorter it's load. California has a lot of mountains in it. If you want to go from L.A. and start driving into the eastern states, you know, so you can take something from L.A., L.A.X., or the port of Long Beach to, let's say, Las Vegas, you got to go up and over the mountains. You're more than likely going to end up dead on the side of the road before you get over the mountains because you've drained your battery, not only hauling the heavy load in your truck, but also going up the hills. The range will be, it's just the way physics works. The other problem is batteries are heavy, Mm -hmm. which reduces the amount of drayage a truck can carry. Yeah. In fact, they've already done this in the ports and they're having to use like something like five or more to one electric trucks versus what used to be, you know, diesel because they can't carry the same load. And then you have the problem of charging them. Well, not just that. My brother was a trucker. And, you know, yeah, he has certain times he has to, you know, sleep and things like that. But with these things, even the, the, the times that he's required to sleep will not be long enough to charge a truck and no. be able to, for him to, to drive the amount of time he's allowed under law to drive. It ain't going to happen. What you're talking about here, folks, is the absolute collapse of the U.S. economy. They're going to destroy the trucking industry over this because they don't, they do not. There's a saying in the military. Amateurs talk about tactics. Professionals talk logistics. The American left does not understand logistics. If they did, they'd be better administrators of running cities and running the country. They do not understand. They come up with this brilliant idea, saving the world and speak it into existence. And they have absolutely no concept of what, what happens to make it happen. What, what goes into it to make it happen. This is one of the problems we ran into in the military. If you were ever an officer, I'm sorry about this, but this, this just true. You officers come up with all these great ideas. And even if you're in logistics, you, you, you pay lip service to what you're doing. And then you come down with your great ideas and we NCOs have to find a way to make it freaking work. That's why most of the time y'all don't want to pay attention to what we're doing. Cause we take your brilliant plan. We say, okay, this is generally what we think he wants or she wants done. And we throw your plan out the window so that we can ramrod things to get to where you want them to be at the time you want them to be there. And most of the time we got to do it in a way totally outside of the military law. If I had to follow the law, the, the UCMJ, Military Uniform Code of Military Justice, if I had had to follow that when I was in the Marine Corps keeping the tanks working, none of our tanks would have ever run. The worst thing an officer ever wants to hear from an NCO is, yes, sir, I'll do it by the book. Yes, because then the world is going to shut down. Well, 
that's the problem we have here is these people are coming up with brilliant ideas and they have absolutely no idea how to make these things happen or what it's going to do to the rest of society. You know why you have so many SUV? Well, hold on, Sandy McClendon comment on the board. How long before the Golden State rule is spread to all states? I don't know, but it's going to happen, Sandy. The liberal ones first, blue states first. But now here's, you have SUVs in the country because they came up with these, I, I don't remember what they call them, car rules or whatever, rules on, on fuel economy. So if you had a station wagon, because it used to be everybody owned station wagons. So the rules covered station wagons. What did, what did Detroit do? You know, the car industry? I'm using Detroit. They don't make car, that many cars there anymore. They've moved them to, to right-to-work states, get away from the unions. But Detroit is still just a metaphor here for where it used to be, automotive capital of the world. So what did, what did the car industry do? Well, they just gave a different branch, a different. they called it an SUV. Okay, and they they redesigned the vehicle a little bit. So if you were to change the gas efficiency rules for the SUV, they would come up with something else and they'd call it a crossover. Oh, gee, I wonder if that's how we got crossover. So if you put new standards on a crossover, they'll come up with something else and they'll call it the BitFit car. They'll just, they're good progressives. They'll change the word, which changes the definition, right? You know, it, it changes its substance just by changing what I call it. And then I could go back to making station wagons and I could call them stretch stretch sedans. And it wouldn't cover a stretch sedan, even though the law says it covers station wagons. This isn't a station wagon. It's a stretch sedan. This is how this stupidity works. This is all fascism. Hitler had lots of great ideas and he just dictated to people. One of the reasons Germany lost the war is because you couldn't make his ideas work. He said, hey, stand in place. Don't give up one inch of ground. Yeah, that's a good way to get your army annihilated. And he did. Because he just issued an order and expected that they believe they can speak these things into existence because they think they're gods. And that's what these stories are telling us. Here's another one for you. This one here is from Reuters. This is Michael Bloomberg pumps $500 million into bid to close all U.S. coal, coal plants. I'm sorry, is this guy an unelected official? Did any of you in the class, did you elect this guy? Did you did you vote for him? Hmm. And yet he's going to make U.S. policy? United Nations, September 20th, Reuters. Uh, United Nations? Yeah. Former, he's working with the United Nations to affect U.S. You know, this is called subversion, folks. This is illegal. Not that anybody's going to do anything about it. He said, former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg announced on Wednesday he will pump $500 million into the next phase of his energy transition campaign, aiming to shut down every last coal plant in the United States and slash gas-fired capacity in half by 2030. His campaign for the nation? That's a billionaire that needs to lose all his money. Yes, I mean, it needs to just be taken from him. Yes, well, Joe, the founding father, ah, you, you need to read some of those quotes I've shared with you before. Jefferson and Franklin would agree with taking it from him because he's using it against the nation that allowed him to amass it. Got no business doing this. But pay attention here. The $500 million infusion into his decade-long Beyond Carbon initiative aims to finish the job on coal by working with state and local organizations to force the closure of the roughly 150 coal plants that have not yet retired, slash current gas generation in half, and block the construction of new gas-fired plants. You think maybe he's working with Obama when Obama said he wasn't going to cancel coal plants, he's just going to make it so expensive to run them that they'll close on their own. Well, how do you think he's doing that? 
He's got partners that are helping do this because he can't spend government money to make it happen, but he can spend Bloomberg's money. And your electric rates will necessarily skyrocket. skyrocket. Bloomberg already has spent $500 million to support the Sierra Club's Beyond Coal campaign, which originally, Sierra Club, I thought it was his organization. Hmm, I see massive coordination here across international entities. Anyhow, to support the Sierra Club's uh, Beyond Coal campaign, which originally aimed to retire 30% of the U.S. coal fleet by 2020, the campaign ended on an accelerating the retirement of over 60% of coal plants by the year and putting $85 million toward a similar mission to fight the expansion of petrochemical plants in the United States. Petrochemical plants? Yeah, refineries. Let's keep reading. This gets worse. By working with our partner across the country, our partners, this is Bloomberg quoting, we hope to transform the way we power America by moving beyond fossil fuels and replacing them with renewable energy. Renewable energy isn't renewable, folks, said Bloomberg, who is the UN Special Envoy on Climate Ambition and Solutions. Folks, he's affecting U.S. policy for an international organization on the behalf of the United Nations. That man should be in jail. Prove to me fossil fuels are not renewable. <clears throat> they can't. They've never been able to prove that. They just state it. It's a fallacy. It's called an unsupported assertion. So the article continues. The money would support litigation brought against utilities and power companies by grassroots groups, state and local policy and advocacy, and financing to assist local communities with coal plant closures, Bloomberg Philanthropies said. Oh, my God, we're not even going to get into the fallacies in that. That's not philanthropy, folks. That's a political agenda. And he's paying the legal costs for people who have no standing in the case to come into your community and shut down your plant so that your electric bill can go up. Oh, my gosh. How many calls I get now from solicitors, not from charitable organizations, but charitable PACs? I mean, I'm like, hello, you're not a charity. You're nope. a political lobbying body. Why would I give you money? Change the word. You change the nature, Charlie. It's the progressive way. The U.N. Security General Antonio Guterres told the climate summit at the annual high-level U.N. General Assembly that the time was running out to tackle climate change, thanks in part to the naked green of fossil fuel interests. Naked greed, rather, of fossil fuel interests. Oh, my God. What about the naked greed of these power grabbers? By definition, any private entity that works with the government, any government, to affect a policy, that's fascism. Per Mussolini's definition, you know, the guy who coined the phrase. So we're going to cover this tomorrow. That was fascism that we just saw. And he's working for the UN to cripple the United States. That's treason. Pay no attention to the man behind the screen. Let's go to the next. By the way, that story was from the Federalist. So is this one. Burger King pulls advertising from Rumble after Russell Brand scandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all probably heard about this one. It's all over Facebook. As British actor and comedian Russell Brand faces allegations of rape and sexual assault, the social media platform Rumble is being pressured to demonetize his account, including by Burger King, which joined multiple other large companies in removing advertisements from the video site. Shortly after the allegations were made, YouTube moved to demonetize Brand, preventing him from making money off his videos on the platform, where he has over 6.6 million subscribers. 
since Brand also had a large following of nearly 1.6 million followers on Rumble, many are calling on the platform to join YouTube in demonetizing his content. This includes members of the UK Parliament. The company noted that YouTube moved to demonetize Brand was based solely on accusations published by the media meaning they may not even be accurate. They could be made up. Joe, the media never makes up anything. Smack that guy like Batman hitting Robin. Anyhow, published by the media and remarked that Rumble stands for very different values, which is why we're on Rumble, not YouTube. We have devoted ourselves to the vital cause of defending a free internet, meaning an internet where no one arbitrarily dictates which ideas can or cannot be heard or which citizens may or may not be entitled to the platform. To learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. Voltaire, do you know why Russell Brand is suddenly being attacked? Because he went from 60,000 followers to 6.6 million, and he is attacking the international establishment that is trying to take over the Western world and the rest of the world with it. If you criticize them, you will be censured and squashed, which is one of the reasons that our channel is throttled. It is easier to keep people from like me from getting bigger than it is to get Russell Brand silenced because he is already famous. I'm not. I never will be. This show will not be allowed to grow. Joe, it's because you're not got anything worth saying. Really? Then why do our subscribers keep inching up over time? Up, 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 up. We've gone from like 30 to 132 in one year's time. That's very slow growth, but it's growth. It's because we do have something worth saying to some people. And I know we're not for everybody's taste, but we're being throttled too. We've watched this on social media. Sandy McClendon, if Bloomberg is spending $500 million now and already put $500 million, I wonder how much he's put in to stop Trump, who says he will be drilling on his first day back. No telling, Sandy. No telling. But if they're going to do things like that, what else are they going to do to Trump that isn't illegal? And we're a real small show, but we get a lot of attention by Dodo Cops. In fact, yeah. that's why I'm here. I'm the Dodo Cop stopper. <laughs> and folks, that Dodo Cop Brigade, those people are not small. That's an organized organization. We, we did a show one time where we were hitting on racism. And we had over a thousand hits in a day's time. We We triggered somebody. So, you know, because that was that was unusual for us. So here's the next show up. Geneva, uh, Genevieve Thomas says they the government are already trying to shut down agriculture by putting the small local farmers out of business with all their rules and regulations on how the farm products can be grown and sold and used. This allows uh, this allows by companies to come in and offer the farmer a way out by buying their land. China is China is buying up our farm lamb left and right, as well as our processing plants. Yes. And so is Bill Gates. And pretty soon you will be left with artificial chemical food on insects because that's what they've decided you're going to eat. Sooner or later, folks, you all are going to have to revisit this real reason for the Second Amendment. I&I issues an insight. This is about who, let's share this one. Um, Let me get to it real fast over here on the screen. We want to share this one. This is I&I issues an insight. The title is Blood on Whose Hands? This is from September 19th, 2023. It's by the editorial staff. Let's go back to this. Let's read the pull quote. Remember when the media 
and their political masters couldn't stop saying that red state governors had blood on their hands for opening their states while others were cowered by COVID. The data shows it is those who kept their residents locked down and masked who cannot remove the Lady Macbeth-esque spot from their hands. The phrase blood on his hands when referring to any official who refused to continue the mask and lock mask and lock date charade was repeated by the media so many times that it could not have been an accident. If it wasn't a coordinated effort, this is operation mockingbird in play folks. Then the media is made up of a legion of unimaginative hacks who could think of nothing more elegant than a hackneyed cliche wordsmiths. They are not, neither are they truth tellers. The facts show that the authoritarian authoritarian rules handed down without due process of the law were harmful. They killed people. And the media helped. Fascism, folks, you know, the media is private, worked with the government, their partnerships, private public partnerships. That's murder. You have blood on the hands of the lockdown and mask brigade. And yes, if you've been following this show when we do the COVID shows, you know that the evidence, the actual real science, science done by actual medical professionals and real researchers, not being paid by the government or some special inference, you know, interest, big pharma. The people doing real science are coming up saying, hey, you're killing people with not only the way you treated COVID, but with the jabs and the masks. And you're also caused, oh man, we, logistics, Logistics is connected to economics. And one of the things that economic economists, excuse me, would like to tell you is say, don't pay attention to what you do, not just what you do. Pay attention to the secondary effects, the things you don't look at. This is why the left will say, let's break windows. It improves the economy. See, it does this, this, and this, but it also hurts the economy. They never look at the downside. And Henry Hazlitt's very famous for this. He's an economist who goes and critiques this break the window to improve the can- the economy fallacy. And he debunks it. And you can look that up if you want to, but he shows you why it doesn't actually help the economy. But when you look at the leftists, they think it does because it's the same thinking that's in the fifth element. When Zorg is talking about, you know, look, if I don't break the glass, all these cool little things don't have a job to do. Yeah, but you had to break the glass. Somebody, you you had the same job to do to make the glass. You had just as many people could have had a job making things and washing them and preserving the glass as when you destroyed it. But when you destroyed it, you actually got rid of something. So they think, well, now you got to have people clean it up and all this stuff. But what am I getting at here? You've got to get back to when you mask people. You're not looking at the secondary health effects caused by wearing that mask and rebreathing your own germs in dirty air. And, and increasing on asthma and all sorts of other respiratory infections. Nobody ever looked at that. Reducing your oxygen level. Yeah. It, it, nobody ever looked at that. When you locked people down, nobody ever looked at the, I mean, the suicide rates soared. The crime rates on on uh, electronic crime went up too because all the hackers were locked down. So they had nothing else to do but to go even more into their scams on the internet. Because when you were locked down, you spent more time on your computer which made you more susceptible to these, these scams. Nobody ever looked at the detrimental effects. And now that they're actually starting to look at the effects of the jabs, I haven't shared them with you yet because the estimations are wild. But the minimum, the minimum numbers right now, they're saying it's something like 10 million people globally have been killed by the jabs. 
the, the numbers go much higher than that. But I haven't shared the stories with you because it's not yet where I, I know what to make of it. But I will tell you that you've seen the effects of all of this. How many famous uh, movie stars, actors, politicians, or or athletes, how many famous people have all of a sudden had mysterious illnesses or died young? And we've got this problem everywhere now. It, it's all over the news. Well, I got a little news flash for you, man. Back in the day before we had the 24-hour cycle, if we had this many mysterious deaths of athletes, that would have made the news. Because back then, you know, they could take one story and stretch it for a month. Nowadays, you think, oh, well, you know, it's just that you hear about it more. No, 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 no. You, you, you forgot, man. You've been boiled. It used to be that the news cycle was much slower it is today. You need to talk to the insurance companies. Yes, that, they've that also. Encounters yep. that, uh, are having to adjust their mortality indexes. Yeah, 40% excess deaths on those that get health, the life insurance policies. Those tend to be your better health your, your higher uh, wage earners and your people in better health to begin with. They're not even talking about the lower, the blue collar workers. So yeah, there's signs everywhere, folks. It, it, that's, that's what this story is about. And it was all done with the work of the pharmaceutical companies and the media working in conjunction with the government. And we just had a story in the news about how the Supreme Court's going to allow Biden administration to continue censoring, working with the social media companies to censor people. That's fascism. I could have put tons of stories about this in here. We've got creeping fascism in our country. Tyranny's taking over. And that's what happens in a deta- decaying society. But, you know, that's I'm ahead of the class lesson. That's the second hour today. Your next story comes from legal insurrection. Education Secretary Car- uh, Cardona, I don't have too much respect for parents wanting a say in kids' education. I don't have too much respect for people that are misbehaving in public and then acting as if they know what's right for kids. OMG, put that man in front of me for a minute. Yeah, he said that. What he said, it, we all knew it. And Cardona just said the, the quiet part out loud. This is an admission. This is many a truth is said in anger or jest. He says, we can disagree. We can have healthy conversations about what's best for kids. I respect differences of opinions. I don't have too much respect for people that are misbehaving in public and acting as if they know what's right for their kids. He's talking about parents that are getting uppity at school board meetings across the country. You know why they're getting uppity? Because if they disagree with the school board, they're removed. I thought he had respect for civil discourse and disagreement. What he should be upset with is the school boards that are removing the parents or that are ignoring the parents, causing them to lose their temper. You're attacking their children and then telling them they have no voice in a school board meeting. Yep, been there, done that. And you're wondering why they're getting upset with you. The incivility is on the part of the school board, and yet he's attacking the parents. This man is an elitist, a self-appointed elitist, a tyrant, a fascist. The stories are everywhere if you know what you're looking at. That's why tomorrow we're going to do a story on, we're going to do a, teaching show on fascism, fascism and social decay. Folks, tyranny is a sign of social decay. It's one of the primary indicators that your your formerly free society is in decay, an advanced state of decay, dead man walking type decay. The only Our corpse just hasn't hit the ground yet. All we're waiting for is somebody to stand up and say, I'm the new emperor of the United States. 
that'll be when the corpse hits the ground. Th everything will be too late then. Oh, Joe, you're just making all this up. Really? You think so? Been paying attention lately? The emperor has no clothes. No, he doesn't. Naked, right in front of us. Rutherford Institute. This one should be on your daily list, man. You, you should just sign up for this one. This is one, whether or not you read everything, this is a this is a page where that one should be right up there with John Solomon's, you know, Just the News and the Epoch Times. It says, there were relatively, this is a quote from Robert Galatly, author of Backing Hitler. There were relatively few secret, secret police and most were just processing the information coming in. I had found a shocking fact. It wasn't the secret police who were doing the wide-scale surveillance and hiding on every street corner. It was the ordinary German people who were informing on their neighbors. Huh. Especially children. Why is it the left always focuses on the children? Hmm. You know, don't ask why your child needs to have perverted things read to him by cross-dressers. Ask why the cross-dressers need to have an audience of little children this is our society's habit of blaming the victim rather than the cause. The story says, are you among the 41% of Americans who regularly attend a church or some other religious service? Do you believe the economy is about to collapse and the government will soon declare martial law? Do you display an unusual number of political and or ideological bumper stickers on your car or a Gadsden flag? Are you among the 44% of Americans who live in a household with a gun? If so, are you concerned that the government, government may be plotting to confiscate your firearm? If you answered yes to any of the above questions, you may be an anti-government extremist, a.k.a. a domestic terrorist, in the eyes of the government and flagged for heightened surveillance and preemptive intervention. Yes. True. Absolutely true. Red flag laws are coming to cake you away. Ho, ho, hee, hee, ha, ha. Let that sink in for a moment. If you believe in and exercise your rights under the Constitution, namely your right to speak freely, worship freely, associate with like-minded individuals who share your political views, criticize the government, own a weapon, and demand a warrant before being questioned or searched, or any other activity viewed as potentially anti-government, racist, bigoted, anar anarchic, or sovereign, you have just been promoted to the top of the government's terrorist watch list. I assure you, I am not making this stuff up. So what is the government doing about these so-called American extremists? The government is a grooming the American people to spy on each other as part of its Center for Prevention Programs and Partnerships, or CP3 program. Now, as good as the Rutherford Institute is for this, look what mistake they made in that paragraph. If you believe in exercising your rights under the Constitution, your rights are not under the Constitution. Your rights come to you by God. The Constitution said your constitutionally protected rights would have been a better way to put that. All those rights are there specifically so you can criticize the government and be safe from the government. Those are gone. That's fascism right there. Now, I'm going to share something with you. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't apply to this, but the pattern does. This is Luke 12, verses 2 through 3. It says, but there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. 
Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in their inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Big brother is watching you. Well, there's two big brothers watching you. One is Team Yahweh, the other is Team Satan. Team Satan's the one in the picture right there, folks. Yahweh will deal with you on Judgment Day. Satan will get you now because he likes to deal with you in the here and now and get to you before you get to Yahweh. You know, God, Judgment Day, and all that good stuff. (sighs) I'm going to prattle on for just a few minutes before we go to the break. Six-minute break today. Then when we come back, we're going to do some stories on social decay. Oh, that's where this is all heading. Social decay. We're going to cover that tomorrow as well. We're going to cover fascism in the first hour, social decay again in the second hour. And then we're going to talk about that again on Thursday. <laughs> the weeks have just been coming together lately. It's, it's been getting easier and easier for me here as of late because I've got myself out of the way. I freed my mind. My little booty's following, but I am following a leader the magic bouncing ball of the Holy Spirit. It's just been working it all together. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but we've had several weeks in a row where the stories all kind of mesh. And for me, ever since I've changed my format, this has just been easier and easier for me because I'm getting to be Joe and I'm not worried about who watches us and who doesn't watch us anymore. You do, you do, you don't, you don't, and I don't care. Happy honky dory. I do care about the quality of what I present to you. I do care that I, I, I can back up what I'm saying I may not be right. I know that. I understand that. But I care very much that I don't present something to you that I don't have a reason to believe, a very sound, valid, rational reason that I can bring receipts to support it. Every one of the stories I just shared with you today, I could have shared more. These stories are all about the growing fascism in this country. I know. I know. If you look up the definition of fascism, two things there. It's all about nationalism and it's all about racism. We've got racism in this country. It's just not the way you're looking for it. We've got nationalism in this country. It's just not the way you're looking for it. Nationalism deals with state borders. Yes and no. What? Yes and no. Communism isn't nationalistic. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're not looking at the bigger definition of national. You're keeping your mind and your thinking too small. Communism just looks to a bigger nation. You're thinking small nations, United States, Russia, China. Communism looks at big nation, Earth. As soon as I have Earth, well, then I got to expand my nation to the moon and Mars too. Communism wants to gobble up the whole thing. They're still looking at a nation. Because communism, spiritually at heart, at the foundation, is the spirit behind Babel, the Tower of Babel. Well, what were they doing at the Tower of Babel? Building a city. A city. And that city is the spiritual counterpart to Satan's city, the city on the hill. Well, that city today is borderless, but it's still a nation. It's still a city, city state. The concept of city state corresponds to nations. It's it's all thinking. It's 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 basically Who falls under the king, the ruler? Well, communism falls under the ruler of whoever got to seize the the head of the Politburo. 
It's got no, it doesn't matter how many nations you think of are underneath it. It's a kingdom. So like United Kingdom, right? The sun never set on the United Kingdom because it had all of those little nations under it. But conceptually, they were all under the rule of that one king. So they weren't nations. They were one kingdom. So when you think fascism, you think nationalism, borders of the nation. It's also kingdom. Because, you know, the third Reich, that was more than just Germany. Even when it started, it also included Austria and parts of Prussia. One Reich with more than one nation in it. Oh, gee. Concept, 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 folks. So what you're living under now is fascism. And all the elements are there. We'll go over it in detail tomorrow. But this is what happens when an otherwise free nation or formerly free nation falls into decay. What you're watching is social entropy. I've discussed this with you before. This is It's in the headlines. The headlines are screaming it at you nobody's this is what the news used to be able to do this is what editorials are for to help you make sense of these things you don't even see editorials like this anymore the the rutherford institute is one of the ones i tell you to read because it's closest um the american thinker is too partisan you might want to try um uh, (laughs) what is that about that's what we're getting Oh, from the media? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're getting politics and propaganda is what we're getting. But the headlines are screaming this stuff. And you got to look at it. The, the, the social entropy is as you become more and more lawless. That When a society becomes lawless, that's that's entropy. Entropy is the organization within within a body or within a substance or something. How organized is it? And the second law of thermodynamics says entropy tends to increase and in, in not not structure increase, but disorder increases. You know, entropy deals, it's all a relational thing. And as the disorder in a society increases, so does the decay, because there's no energy holding it together anymore. There are no common traditions. There, there's no common culture. There's no common language. This is why they don't have an official language in the United States. They want the entropy. They want the disorder to increase in this country. Because as it decreases, they get chaos. And from chaos, they can stroll through the wreckage, a creator, quoting Marx, which makes them a god. They want to prove they're gods. That's what this is all about. This is what these stories ultimately are telling you. Bloomberg, the American people shouldn't have fossil fuels. I'm going to spend my billions to make it happen. He's a god. He thinks he's a god. Don't doubt me on this. This is essentially what he may not consciously be aware of that. And I don't care if you're consciously aware of it or not. That's irrelevant. That's what's going on here. That is what's going on here. And I mean, I don't know how else to explain it to people. I don't know how else to point it out to them. The tortoise is ahead of the, uh, if you're watching on Rumble in the comment section, Arctic tortoise is way ahead of the lesson. That's the last story on the show's slideshow already today. So don't spill the beans. We'll get to it. We will. Social decay, though, folks. As your society decays, there reaches a tipping point where you cannot save it. We're already there. Now, spiritually, oh, we're going to cover this when we come back. We're going to get there. So let's go to our break a little early today. 
Charlie will give you six minutes. Do what you got to do. Get back in your chair. Social Decay is next. You don't want to miss this second half of the show today, Joe. This is, I'm just telling you, this is where it's at today. Fascism's one thing. I want you to see the decay in the society because that's what allows this fascism to rise. It's the people. The people. In a free nation, it's the people that allows the dictator to take over. In fact, they'll demand it. You know, Israel, give us a king like the other nations. You have a king. It's me, Yahweh. No, we want an earthly king. Okay. Ain't going to work out the way you want, but here you go. Didn't work out the way they thought it would either. We're doing the same thing now. See you in six.
All right, folks, real quick, fascism. Just had a thought during the break. You know when they tell you if you have nothing to hide, you don't have to worry about it, you know, whatever laws they're passing? Essentially, if you really want to look at it this way, what they're telling you is if you haven't sinned against the state, you have nothing to worry about. Let me ask you something. How many of you have never sinned against God? Okay, let's say you don't believe in God. You're an atheist. How many of you have ever sinned against yourself? You know, can't even keep up with your own standards? That's every one of us. So how many of us you think are actually sinless against the state? You know, there was a guy who did that one study, said that each of us commits at least minimum three felonies a day. Everybody in the United States. None of you are sinless against the state. So where is this you got nothing to worry about thing coming from? <laughs> Just thought I'd drop that in your mind to let you chew on that for a little while. Social decay. That's when the glue that binds society, civilization, starts to come undone. And what happens? Well, you know, when you're spinning around on that third rock from the sun, things tend to come undone, right? Well, they're gonna, and they are. First story today, gonna start right out here. Did you see the Empire State Building lit up to celebrate the new state religion? Huh, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is from September 18th, 2023, Joel Ablock. I'm not going to read a whole lot of it. I'm just going to show you what was in it. This is one of the tweet pictures. This is the Empire. I know it's blown up, so it's blurry. But it says the Empire State Building in New York is lit up the color of the Ukrainian flag amid the Russian invasion of Ukraine. February 25th, 2022. Well, we'll light that up. Notice what was on the picture of the original story. This is back in the day. They used to fire up the lights on top of the Empire State Building in New York to honor Jesus Christ, you know, with the cross. We don't do that anymore. Now we'll honor other foreign countries. Ukrainian flag, blue and yellow. And pagan gods. Oh, right there. Oops. Goddess Cali showcased on the Empire State Building in New York City. And here's why. And you can look that up. But y'all know who the goddess Cali is? This is from Wikipedia. Kali or Kalika is a major Hindu goddess associated with time, doomsday, and death in Shakitism or Shaktism, whatever, Sheikhism. Kali is the first of the 10 Mahavidyan or Hindu tantric tradition. Kali earliest appearance is when she emerged from Durga, the goddess is stated to destroy evil in order to defend the innocent. Um, that's a 180-degree rule, folks. This is associated with time, doomsday, and death. You know, doomsday get, gets rid of evil, right? Uh, no. Th th this, is, this is evil appropriating good unto itself. She's not a... I know, if you're is Hindu like or... casting out demons? Yes. I mean, I know if this is speaking against your religion, if you're... I, I understand that. I understand. I got you. But I look at this from a different perspective, and I make no 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 excuse for that. But we are glorifying the, the goddess of doomsday and death. Well, okay. Here's another one. New York State Building uh, lights up the color green for Islam. Yeah. Do you not have a problem with that, New York? This is May 2nd, 2022. 
New York City, when Islam attacked the world traits, no, that wasn't Islam, Joe. That Yes, the heck it was. Yes, it was. That was Islam. That was a group of Muslims doing exactly what Muhammad told them to do. That was Islam. And here you are celebrating the religion that attacked you. I think they're winning. And you tell me that this isn't a spiritual war? The harbinger is the warning of 9-11 against this country to watch out for the people who destroyed Israel and the northern, you know, the Assyrians, the same people groups, the same ethnic and cultural groups of people that would later become Islam. They destroyed the northern kingdoms of Israel. That's what the harbinger is all about. They attacked us in New York City, our original capital, the heart of our economic world. Right at Wall Ground Zero was close to Wall Street in the St. Peter's Chapel. I mean, all of this. You should read The Harbinger and The Harbinger 2. Charlie's reading through The Harbinger 2 right now. Charlie, you think that the warnings are still viable for today? We're in trouble. We're under, we're, we're we're under trouble. judgment. Yes. We're in and judgment. here we are glorifying the people who attacked us. <laughs> Just like we in The Harbinger, he'll, Jonathan Connell will walk you through that. We boasted a curse. We brought the yeah. curse down upon ourselves. Yeah. And Harbinger 2 is about you got what you asked for, America. These two books are must-reads for a Christian. So we'll keep going. Oh, look at there. The Empire State Building and other New York skyscrapers are lit in the colors of the rainbow in celebration of Pride Month. I was waiting for that one. I figured it'd come. That one was June 24th, 2018. That's the return of the gods, folks. What? Yeah, that's the return of the gods. That's astro worship. Ishtar. You know her as Easter. She likes sexual perversion. She's back. And we're glorifying her on our monument. Then there's this one. August 4th, 2022. New York celebrating legalized abortion until birth by lighting One World Trade Center this time in pink. You know what that one is? And then here? That and the the, the blue and scion tonight in a partnership with whatever the heck in honor of the, the new vaccine that they just came out with. So this is just recent too. We've got a new vaccine. We're going to come out. So blue and green, we're going to, we're going to partnership with that. Folks, if you do not think that that one there, the pink abortion and this one here, the vaccine, if you don't think that they're connected, read that. This is the Hosea manifesto also by Jonathan Kahn. Jonathan Kahn is on to something, folks. He might be the closest thing we have to a modern day prophet. Oh my gosh. Quick rabbit. In uh, March 1970, we legalized abortion in this country. 50 years later, to the day, we have the first COVID cases in this country. April, we have national abortion. April 1970. March, it starts in Hawaii and then gets into the mainland. April 1970 starts in New York City, becomes ground zero. That will be the place that has the most abortions in all of America over the next 50 years. 50 years, almost to the day, to the week for sure. 50 years from April 70 to the week, 2020. Mar, uh, April 2020, New York is the highest COVID case in the world. 
more COVID cases in New York City than any other nation reported at that time. You have a plague. What's this all got to do with anything? <laughs> There's several patterns there. And Hosea, the Hosea manifesto. Jeremiah goes into the valley of uh, um, Haram where they're sacrificing their children. Y you know it is Guyana. Say, you know, the pit of fire, lake of fire. He goes there and he breaks the pot. He says the northern kingdom is going to be broke up. You're going to lose the kingdom because of sacrificing the children. Worshipping Baal. And it says it's going to come by a plague. In this nation, we were sacrificing children for 50 years. And then we suffered a plague. 50 years to the day and week that they started in the country and then became widespread. The pattern of the Jubilee. And it fell primarily on the generation that allowed it to start, the very elderly. Now, I'm not telling you that this is exactly a prophecy that you need to be paying attention to. I am telling you that the patterns are biblical and too precise. Charlie is going to have to pop on here for me here. When we read the, the return of the gods, the patterns with Ishtar and Stonewall and the return of the LGBT community, are those just not too precise to be coincidence, aren't they? Uh, yeah. That, to the day in some cases. Yeah, it's, it's crazy accurate. It's, and it's all connected to ancient worship and paganism and beliefs and other gods, isn't it? Right. All right. Reading the Hosea, Hosea Manifesto, th this is going to connect um, abortion to the COVID and the jabs. And you're reading the Harbinger too. That links the attack on the World Trade Center to COVID over the two of them. He, that's the stepping stone between the two as you're reading it. If, yeah. if you don't, if you read Khan's three, and he will, he footnotes all of it, folks. Charlie and I are pretty decent about checking yeah, him. Yeah, check him. I haven't found one that he was yeah. wrong or misquoted or anything. You you read these three, and you still going to tell me there's no, you're not in a spiritual war and that there's nothing to the Bible? I, it's, that's going to be no true Scotsman. Yeah. You insist on not ever finding evidence for what you're asking for. Show me evidence. I, it, Khan's bringing you the Khan's not bringing you the receipts, man. He grabbed the cashier and the product he bought and drug it to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Arctic tortoise here, he's read the Hosea manifesto. So he, he's another witness. Yeah, it's it's a really good book, folks. It, and it's a, it's a timely and it's a must watch because the last two I showed you with the abortion colors and, and the jabs, because the jabs connected to COVID, we're boasting about the plague. We're celebrating the plague that we brought down on ourselves through abortion. You can ignore the spirit world all you want. It will not ignore you. Just like the Hosea Manifesto. Thanks, Charlie. I'll let you go. The Hosea Manifesto starts out with a jubilee pattern. Pattern, pattern, pattern. And it's dealing with Castro. And it's it's just, folks, the patterns are everywhere. Um, the actual Jubilee, Jonathan Kahn's book, The Oracle, that's tied to the real Jubilee year in the, in the Hebrew calendar, the Sabbath cycles. Holy cow. And if you don't think that the Sabbath cycles are not important in the Bible, 
this is why they were exiled for certain numbers of years, according to the, to the Jubilees that, you know, the Shemitah years that they had ignored. It, it, that's why the prophet has to lay on his side so many days for one side and 40 days for the other, whatever. That was dealing with the apostasy and the disobedience of the two kingdoms. All of this stuff echoes through to today. You don't see it because nobody teaches it. Nobody teaches it because we've fallen away. And once you fall away from your faith, then the social decay starts to accelerate. Remember what the founders told you. The key to maintaining your liberty is morality. The key to maintaining morality is religion. Morality is the glue that binds a culture and civilization. The key to having a solid, sound morality is pinning it to the notion of a creator. In other words, you have a law that you don't control. It's above you. It's transcendent. So you're either going to use natural law or you're going to use revealed law. John Locke used both, just like right out of the book of Romans 1 and 2. If you want to ignore it, knock yourself out, Jack, but don't expect to get where you're wanting to go. Next story. This is out of the Federalist. Survey exposes alarming drug shortage crisis. 45% of patients unable to get critical meds. How's this social decay? Well, let's read. The alarm has been sounded on a crisis quietly unfolding across American pharmacies. Critical medications, including cancer treatments, are in short supply. This shortage not only jeopardizes patient care, but also shines a spotlight on a dysfunctional system that requires immediate policy intervention. Oh, it's always got to be the government to fix it. Folks, if the people running it were not themselves dysfunctional, you wouldn't need the government to get involved. This could also be fascism. Could be the government's enforcing this. Yeah, the corporations working with the government are slowing things down on purpose to help get rid of people. You have a shortage of cancer medications at the exact same time you've got a spike in all sorts of cancers in this country, something else that's not being reported. If you think that there are not people in this country that are not aware of that and are using it as a crisis to suit their purposes, you're fooling yourselves. This is all nudge. This is everything being woven together to intersupport their agenda. And it becomes easier once you realize that there's a spirit behind all of this, an unclean or evil spirit. According to a survey by Pharmacy Technicians Certification Board, a staggering 96% of pharmacy technicians reported that essential drugs are scarce. The shortages extend from chemotherapy and ADHD medications to vital anesthetics and mainstream diabetes and weight loss drugs like Manjoro, Osmet, Pictic, and whatever. I don't care. The absence of essential medication has direct, often life-altering consequences for patients. The situation is particularly critical for those requiring cancer treatments as a lack of medication can lead to longer hospital stays, increased costs, and severe adverse reactions. So why are we having fewer drugs available? Me, personally, I think that's a coordinated attack. But it's also the result of people just not doing their jobs and not caring about their fellow man. They got theirs. They're happy. They don't care. I got the government paying me. Why do I want to go to work? Mom and dad are taking care of me. Why do I need to move out of the house? You want somebody to take care of you, but you don't want to take care of yourself. And if you're not going to take care of yourself, there ain't no way in God's green earth that you're going to be taking care of your fellow man. 
you are watching the results of society degrading. I go to my favorite uh, fast food restaurant just down the road from the house. They're always out of extra large cups. You know, I'm a diet Coca-holic and they never have enough extra large cups. That never happened before COVID ever. I mean, that was before COVID. That was such a rarity that something like that would happen. Now we're even charging people for 49 cents for extra condiments. I want an extra package of ketchup. It's cost me 50 cents. Well, Joe, it's inflation. Yeah. Why is it inflating? Because nobody cares anymore. It's greed. It's, it's avarice. It's self-interest. There's no sense of responsibility. There's no duty. That, folks, is social decay. You blame it on the government all you want. But ultimately, that is in the mirror. And no one wants to work. I yeah, went to one no fast one food place. There was one person there. Mm -hmm. Everybody else didn't show up. Sailor Son says it's all about the money, money, money. But not quite. Not, not this time, Sailor Son. Not this time. This time, it's all about the reflection in the mirror. It's all about Yom Kippur or Kippurim. <laughs> hey, that kind of worked together, didn't it, Charlie? Worked out just fine. <clears throat> Toilet paper shortages? Yes, John Quest. Yes. Same thing. Um, we're having shortages in food items. If you are going to the grocery store, say, well, yeah, Joe, it, it always happens that way later in the day. No, 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 man. I'm starting to see whole sections of shelves cleaned out where we never used to see that problem before because what would happen is if you cleaned it out earlier in the day, the stockers came and restocked it. The great egg crisis of this year. Yes. It, it, you're going to, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing socialism at work. And you're accepting lies for why it's happening. The more and more you become like Venezuela, the more and more you're going to suffer the fate of Venezuela or Cuba or China or Russia, where you get to stand in line for your one loaf of weekly bread, two, three hours to get your bread. And when you get up there, they may be out because they only made so many today because that's all the quota said they had to make. And they don't get paid anything extra for making over quota. Nobody cares about feeding their fellow man. They only care about doing exactly what they got to do to get theirs. This, folks, is social decay. It's in the headlines. Here's another one. Shocking discovery. This is also from the Federalist Papers. Shocking discovery made on United Airlines planes. This is beginning to look like a pattern in the industry. When, when malevolent forces succeed in corrupting a society from the inside out, it's only a matter of time before that society starts breaking down. A number of major airlines have found bogus parts in their planes with falsified certificates, according to Bloomberg. That's the article paper. The parts were reportedly supplied by a UK-based AOG Technics company. That's a Technics company that's got a government regulatory agency over it. Where was the government regulating them? Wasn't not doing their job, probably got paid off. If you got paid off, that's the social decay. You care more about yours than the people that are flying in those airplanes because those parts were going in the engines. Say, well, Joe, the part might have been just as good. Then if it's just as good, get it certified. Too expensive. I don't care. Make sure it's good. In this case, we don't have any regulatory agency to make sure you're meeting minimum standards other than the government. We should have a civilian organization that does this. 
but because we've handed responsibility off to the government, we don't do it. Airline companies should be making sure that the airline companies should want to buy products that were certified by a civilian agency that has to be paid to do the work because then it depends. See, socialism is the antithesis of responsibility. The free market is all about responsibility. If you don't produce a good product or do provide a good service, you don't survive. This is why the control freaks want to get rid of the free market because they can't control it or the people who operate in it. That's why control freaks always want everything under the government agency where it doesn't matter. They're not going to do the job anyway, but at least now they control it. They'll never, they, they still won't take responsibility. Well, you just published the, you leaked 5 billion, bazillion, 30 million copies of the problem. Oh, well, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was an accident. Somebody hit the return key. Oh, well. Dude, seriously? You're a public servant and you think that you can just, oh, well? Well, yeah. Why? Because you and I won't grab pitchforks and go get them or demand that the police or the Department of Justice go get them. Why? I'm too busy. No more responsibility. Responsibility gone, social decay soon follows. That's what we got. It's all in the headlines. All you got is look. Crime in Washington, this is from Not the Bee. Crime in Washington has gotten so awful that people are driving tiny distances to avoid walking on the violent, dangerous streets. Yeah, like just a couple blocks. It says soaring crime in the nation's capital, you know, the, the utopia of the world. You know, because, you know, all our government people are there and everything would be perfect being run by those left-wing loonies where there's no guns allowed. The nation's capital is leaving residents rattled with locals driving small distances to avoid walking the dangerous streets and others now too fearful to step outside even during the day. Homicides and robberies are up 29 and 67% from the same period last year. This is a article from September of this year with murders approaching levels not seen in two decades, while other big cities such as New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Baltimore are seeing declines. wonder why. The lawlessness, the seat of lawlessness is in D.C. And it's just gotten worse. I was stationed there 35 years ago, and it was like that then. I mean... Well, it was in decline down, for a while. You would go down South Capitol Street, and, and you'd have to be rerouted around murder scenes all the time. We had one person in our church when they had to go into that area wore a bulletproof vest. Here's a way to cure all of that. The spiraling crime rates have driven residents, residents to take drastic steps to protect their safety. One lady reports that she now drives a small five block distance for her usual Sunday evening dinner with a friend instead of walking. She described that habit as ridiculous, but rather understandably noted, I don't want to randomly get shot. No, she might get randomly carjacked. You know how you solve this problem? I can carry my weapon on my hip out in plain light of day. The bad guy does something stupid. All of us good people shoot him dead in the streets. The cops show up. Thank you very much, citizen, and goes on his way. Picks up the body, throws him in the back of the coroner's truck, takes their reports, and goes on their way. You don't go prosecute the citizens that took care of the bad guy. But no, that has to go to the police who will tell you we're not responsible for protecting you. We just show up, pick up the body, take all the names down. And what they should do 
just without the responsibility of protecting you. And the Supreme Court has said the police have no responsibility to protect you or your property. Then why do we have a government? If the government no longer has responsibility for protecting life and limb, why the heck do we have a government? Crickets? The left can't answer me this. Why do we have a government? I don't know. You have no ideological reason to have this government right now. It is a resolved, absolved itself rather of any responsibilities that it was instituted to do. Remember, our founding fathers said the purpose of government is to protect life and property. That's the only purpose of government. And it has shirked itself of its, it's absolved itself. It says, oh, we're no longer have to do that. Our responsibility is to make sure you're all equal. But the government knows better. It's just people. How could it possibly know any better? And it's not only people. It's the lowest common denominator of people within a society. It's the leeches and the mooches and the parasites. Because it's the government. Yeah, because it's the government who can fight the beast. Here's another one from Not the Bee. Welcome to third world Philadelphia. I thought they said it was getting better in Philadelphia. I guess that's a relative term. Welcome to the third world Philadelphia where heavily armed guards are required to secure a cheesecake restaurant. What? In the United States? Yippers. Cheese steaks are not Philadelphia's only claim to fame. They are also boast one of the nation's highest crime rates. And with a Soros DA refusing to prosecute criminals, that's only getting worse. Philadelphia might be okay with having their DA churn criminals back out onto the streets while revoking bail for cops inappropriately charged for murder when using their firearms. But when the city's two claims to fame cross paths, things get serious. One popular cheesesteak restaurant has hired Pennsylvania agents armed with AR-15s to protect its customers and the cheesesteak. Okay, it's not cheesecake, it's cheesesteak. But that's because I'd rather have cheesecake. It's a Freudian slip. But they're having to hire police officers, you know, off-duty police officers and other law enforcement agents and everything with AR-15s to guard its customers standing in line to come eat because that's how bad things have gotten in that city. Let me ask you, why did you elect the George Soros DA? In the city of brotherly love? Why did you elect that DA? Oh, I can't go into this subject. I'll get myself censored real quick. How do I, how do I discuss this cryptically? I don't think I can. Let's just say there's a special interest group that's readily um, identifiable by the way they look, who has decided that no members of their special interest group can possibly be bad people because another special interest group that's readily identifiable by the way they look has been evil to me all along. So special interest group A can do whatever it wants because special interest group B was bad people 200 years ago. So A gets to do whatever it wants now because of what happened 200 years ago or more. Well, A just keeps voting for A's because they're A's. Wonder where that'll get us. Not that this story here has anything to do with my analogy just now. From not the B. Jury refuses to convict black perp who robbed Asian jeweler and bashed in his face on video. Judge declares mistrial. What? What? Okay, let's time to share this one. 
And let, let's even pop this up so we can read this. Update. A minish, uh, mistrial has been declared in the trial of Calvin Ushery because jurors could not reach a verdict. The suspect's attorney told the jury on September 22, video of the brutal beating of the elderly Asian man provokes a lot of emotion, but told them not to direct that against their client. He's on video beating this poor man bloody. And they show you the video. The 68-year-old jewelry shop owner was pistol-whipped and hit in the head with a hammer. Son, Steve, told me he wants to spread awareness because I'm thinking uh, about my family's safety and uh, safety of the Korean business owners. But you can watch the video. We know who did it. That's the picture of what the poor man looked like when it was over. And we can't convict him. It says, Usher was on trial for various charges, including robbery and assault. Prosecutors say he was violently attacked the owner of the uh, solid gold jewelry on September 15th, 2022. Yeah, that's because he did with irrefutable proof. This wasn't Epstein's cell. The guy is on camera bashing in an Asian man's brains out. Ushery stole around $100,000 in jewelry during the robbery. Surveillance shows all of this. The audience, I mean, the, the, the jury rather, for whatever reason, would not convict this man. I know why they wouldn't convict him. I'm not allowed to say it. It's because B was bad to A a couple hundred years ago. B is bad because, I mean, just look at B. You can look at B and tell that they're bad because they look the way they look. A is good. Really? I thought it was all about the human heart. I thought I was told there's no difference between A and B or there's not supposed to be. Apparently there is. I'm not supposed to talk about that because then that makes me all sorts of other things that B, you know, B gets labeled by A. Hands have been tied. You know why? Social decay. Social decay. If we had personal responsibility, we could have discussions about these things. No personal responsibility. We can't have discussions about these things. If I can't discuss them, how am I ever going to fix them? Yeah, not allowed to ask that question, am I? Told you we'd get to it, Tortoise. Oh, got to keep going from that one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Real quick, social decay. Psalm 11. We're, get, we're getting there, Tortoise. Hold on. Psalm 11. Yahweh, a refuge of defense. In Yahweh, I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have set their arrow on the strings to shoot in the darkness at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations of the earth are shaken to the point where they no longer uphold the laws of that society, what can the righteous do? Yahweh is in his holy temple. Yahweh's throne is in heaven. His eyes see his eyelids test the sons of mankind. Yahweh tests the righteous and the wicked, and his soul hates one who loves violence. He will rain coals of fire upon the wicked, and brimstone and burning wind will be portions of their cup. For Yahweh is righteous. He's lawful. He loves righteousness, lawfulness. The upright will see his face. So people will tell me, well, yeah, we're uprighting the law, man. We're just it's justice, right? That jury right there had nothing to do with justice. You do not return evil with evil. And yet, we have a large part of our society that's got nothing to do with the way they look. 
we have a large part of our society that thinks it's okay to turn, turn evil for evil. They think that that is justice. That's lawlessness. That's entropy. That's social decay. We have gotten so bad to the point that now we get to the tortoise's story. Not the bee. More than one-third of Democrats think Americans have too much freedom. Too much freedom. You have too much freedom, America. I, 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 okay. The survey found that 34% of Democratic voters believe the Americans possess too much freedom compared to just 14.6% of Republican voters. Uh, that tells me I got at least 14.6% of the Republicans who are progressives. Told you that you're a progressive party because I bet you those are the ones that are in charge of everything. These are, these are your Karens. These are your control freaks, folks. So of the two parties, which is roughly about two-thirds of the population now, of the two parties, you know, we've, we've got a significant percentage of the population of this country that believes that, that the world needs to be controlled. It says, although an overwhelming portion of U.S. voters believe that freedom of speech protections are beneficial, 52% of Democrat voters believe it is important that the government be able to censor users' content on social media platforms it feels threatens national security. 52% are against the First Amendment. Over half of Democratic voters also believe that the government censorship ability takes precedence over social media users being able to post content they feel are in the national interest, according to the poll. In contrast, one-third of Republicans hold this belief. Oh, my gosh. So it's not actually 14.6% uh, of Republicans who are progressives. It's one-third. So now I have one-third of two-thirds of the country that are progressives. That's far in exceeding the 3% I need to change a nation. Additionally, approximately 75% of Democratic voters believe that the government should censor hateful social media content, according to the poll. Of course, if you're a Karen on the left, you think hateful is anything that goes against what you believe. That's hateful from your perspective. Y'all see that on the board? Y'all understand what that is? Okay, so we've got the, the C for coexist. We have the C of Islam. I don't remember what the other one is there. It's, it's some sort of mysticism or whatever. Wicca. That's the peace sign. Uh, yeah, but I think that's Wicca. Yeah, it could be. Then the E there, that's science. The Star of David is, that's uh, Jewish. And then... Um, the other one with the eye, I think that's, um, no, that's the Wicca right there, paganism. I don't remember what the peace sign is, but I know the other one there, that's, that's your Hindu and Sheik and then Christianity, all told in the LGBTQ rainbow flag. And we're supposed to coexist. How? How? The people on the left, Islam, want to kill everybody on the right. It's through love, Joe. Everybody just wants to have love. You mean that? Right. Yeah, love and peace. Yeah. You want to read that for me, Charlie? Uh, for when they shall say peace and safety, 
Then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Whoopsie. Yeah, folks, if you don't think that this is all related, you're wrong. Which leaves me with that last question. How's your spiritual warfare going? Are you in the fight? If you're not, you might want to get there. Because you know what happens in this war? Not to pick a side does pick a side. Yeah, 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 I know. It's to Joe's preaching again. And it's a good time to start looking in the mirror. Yeah, it's the day of looking in the mirror. Afflicting yourself of of covering yourself with either the blood of the Messiah or the teachings of Yahweh or both, seeing how they're one and the same. It, folks, I don't know how to... The scriptures teach that the world hate them, hates Yahweh, hates his Messiah, because they tell the world, hey, this creation was made to operate a certain way. You're either going to operate according to its rules or things aren't going to work and you will be punished for it. The world doesn't want to hear that. So the world hates anybody speaking the truth, capital T, truth, objective truth, the truth of the creator. So when you start talking about the Bible, you notice I can talk Islam. People will defend me. I'll even get so-called Christians to defend me if I speak about that. I can get so-called Christians to not only defend, but also endorse abortion and, and gay rights, you know, uh, transvestites, you know, the transitionals, guys who think they're women, women. I can get supposed Christians who support all of that. I can get people to preach tolerance for all different religions. They think that that's what the founding fathers were preaching. O open acceptance of any and all religion. That's not what's in the notes on the conventions and the ratification of the Bill of Rights and things. It's not what's in our historic record, but I got people telling me that's what they said and that's what they meant. I can find anything and everything I want to find. And nobody attacks those ideas the way they do if the minute I bring up the Bible. Oh man, we we can have every religious symbol on the on the Empire State Building or the the new tower or whatever that replaced the twin trade towers, you know. Any any symbol of religion we want there, except Christianity, can't have that. So everything the Bible tells me to look for, I see. And everything the Bible tells me about how this world works, I see it in the world around me. Everything that the scriptures tell me about spiritual warfare, I see it. Now, if you've been with me for any length of time, this is the 273rd show. If you've been with me for at least half of them, are you really seriously going to tell me that I am not a man of reason, of logic, of rationale? Seriously, is, is somebody out there, is anybody in this audience going to tell me I'm irrational? I'm not saying that I'm never mistaken. I know I am, but I correct it. Now, if, you, or if you're going to at least acknowledge or if you'll concede that I am rational, I'm based in reason, whether you agree with me or not, how the heck are you going to accuse me of believing the Bible irrationally? We're not saying that, Joe. We're saying that you're a hateful, intolerant bigot. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're quoting another Christian. I like what George Bernard Shaw said. Not a Christian. And he was parroted by Gandhi later on. He says, I like Christians. I like Christ I like. It's your Christian, you know, it's not Christians. It's, it's your Christ I like. You Christians that I don't like. And George Bernard Shaw said the worst witness for Christianity are Christians. Hypocrisy. It's because you preach one thing and you don't walk the walk. Talk the talk, you don't walk the walk. Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to examine whether or not you even really believe this stuff. Charlie, I think I'm working on my sermon right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm supposed to give a sermon tomorrow. Um, If you don't believe it, (laughs) what, are you just in a social club? You know, you call churches, unfortunately, for the vast majority of people that I see in the churches, that's exactly what they are. They're in a social club. If this faith that we walk doesn't mean anything, why are you walking it? I, I don't understand. Quit. But yes, I mean it. Quit. Because why would you do that, Joe? Why would you tell them to quit? Because the scripture tells me that the reward you get in this life is all you're going to get. So if you're going to reject the scriptures, by all means, go for whatever you can get now because that's all you're going to get. Might as well get it now. Well, Joe, that would seem to be against preaching the scriptures. Well, no, it's being as kind as I know how to be as a human. Comment on the board by the Arctic Tortoise. Jonathan Kahn's new book gives a good telling of who is in the fight against evil or not in the fight, i.e. helping the evil. Yeah, the Hosea uh, Manifesto. Yeah, Tortoise. I know I'm still getting into it. I'm still in the first few chapters dealing with uh, COVID and the, and the, the Jubilee pattern there, but I was reading the book and it got stolen by BB. She finished it. I got it back. <laughs> My wife. But the more I th- the more I look at this, as you walk away from the glue that held this country together, that formed and held this country together, that glue, we walk away from it, and we expect that somehow or another this country is going to stay together. I don't understand that. I, I really don't. I am. If y'all give me just a minute, I had, I had turned off my screen sharing, but we're going to share it again. Let's bring this back up. We've got to look at this again. Okay, social decay, right? Morality is the glue that holds our civilization and and everything together. So John Jay, just the first Supreme Court Chief Justice. I mean, not that he knows anything about this. He's actually just a founding father. So he's totally ignorant about what the founding fathers believed. No human society has ever been able to maintain both order and freedom, both cohesiveness and liberty, apart from the moral precepts of the Christian religion applied and accepted by all the classes. Should our Republic ever forget this fundamental precept of governance, men are certain to shed their responsibilities for licentiousness and this great experiment will then surely be doomed. Somebody tell me how we have not fulfilled that prophecy. The man tells us 250 something years ago, what's going to happen how it's going to happen. We fulfill it. And then we turn around and think that we can fix it some other way. Isn't he one of the very few men that actually did in all of human history actually did it. And, and we're going to tell him he's full of crap. Yeah. 
there's there's somebody full of it all right but i don't think it's him again john adams the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of christianity i will avow that i then believed and now believe as he gets older closer to his death that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of God. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, gallantry would break the strongest cords of our constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the governance of any other. So as we get away from the principles of Christianity, we lose the Constitution and the Declaration. And we keep pointing to them. Let's get back to the Constitution. How, brothers and sisters, how do you get back to the Constitution without returning to your Christian principles? How do you do that? How? Oh, look. The revolution, we're going to go back to Adams again, right? Swing back up here. The revolution was affected before the war commenced. The revolution was in the minds and hearts of the people. A change in their religious sentiments of their duties and obligations. This radical change in principles, opinions, and sentiments and affections of the people was the real American revolution. You know what he's talking about? The Great Awakening. You know when the second great awakening was? It was dealing with the Civil War. Lincoln, pretty much an agnostic or an atheist going into office, pretty much his whole term. The last year, maybe year and a half of his life, he comes to God. Up until that point, the North is losing the war. They're going to lose the South. He realizes he has to, oh my God, Charlie, he's got to atone. He's got to make an atonement. He's got to repent. He's got to turn around and go the other way. Starts reading his Bible. Never was seen without it, according to his daughter at that point after he converted. There was a change in the man's character. So what did the world have to do to him? Got to shoot him. Can't have him. Going to be a price to be paid if you're going to follow the word. Of course, the word says that. But notice what... The Bible teaches personal responsibility, duty, and obligation to others. Not to yourself first, others. What is the one thing our society is so busy wanting to get rid of? Duty and personal responsibility. What did John Jay and, and uh, John Adams both say is, is important? What's, what's, what's the crucial glue? Morality, right? What's morality based in? Morality is all about the relationship between you and other people. It's all about duty and responsibility. I don't want morality. That's because you want to live a licentious life. Feels good, do it. You want to be a hippie. Yeah, but I want society to stay just the way I want it to be. Won't happen. You're a very good progressive. You want something that cannot physically be in this universe as it is currently constructed. As it currently works under the laws of nature, you cannot have a utopia with a fallen human being running things. And last I looked, everybody walking the planet right now is a fallen human being. Think about this. 
The progressive ideal is that man can improve himself. Man can perfect himself. Say, you, Joe, you keep telling me progressives think they're gods. Okay, pay attention. So we, it, 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 Edgar Fribbany, oh, I still cannot remember that YouTube apologist's name. Um, he, he shows people that aren't believers. He shows them that they're, they're not good people by their own standards. He likes to come up to you and you say, you know, are you a good person? Yeah. He says, do you believe in stealing and lying, cheating and all these things? People are like, no, 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 no. And he says, well, have you ever lied? And he says, well, yeah. Well, have you ever taken anything that wasn't your, well, yeah. And he shows that, you know, you can't even keep your own ideas of right and wrong. What's this all about? Perf it's simple. You're not perfect. You are not a perfect being. You are a finite, imperfect creature. And yet you're going to perfect yourself. You're going to perfect all of mankind. How do you not understand that by definition, a flawed creation cannot make a perfect creation? You can, at best, you could change mankind into what you think he should be. But by definition, you're flawed. So you don't even know whether or not your envisionment of what perfect is, is perfect. You can't know. Yet you're willing to work on that, on other human beings who might have a better idea of what you should be. Comment on the board from Sailor Son. Isn't that Ray Comfort? Yes, yes, it's Ray Comfort, Sailor. Thank you. Yay. It's Ray Comfort. I keep, I keep getting his name right, but for some reason I don't want to use it. I, but you go to YouTube, Ray Comfort. He's brilliant with this. But the whole point is that a progressive thinks they're perfect and that they can perfect humanity. That's the very notion of being a God. You think you're perfect. You think you're without flaw or blemish or that you can make yourself that way. That's a workspace theology. You think you can earn your way into heaven. You cannot be a progressive and be a disciple of the Messiah. They're antithetical. It's back to coexisting again with people and ideas that cannot coexist. But somehow or another, we're going to have peace with people who cannot follow their ideology and coexist. They can't. Their ideology teaches them that you can't coexist with this. Well, if you're of the world, if you're one of the ones who actually believes you can coexist with all these competing ideologies, you're worldly. You cannot coexist with Christianity. And that's what's going to happen. And that's what we're seeing. And the Bible teaches you, you must be responsible. You must take responsibility for your actions. It's not because you're earning your way anywhere. It's because what's expected of you. If you want to be a citizen of the kingdom of El Elyon, the creator of the universe, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if you want to be a citizen of that kingdom, you got to follow his rules. If you want to be a citizen of the United States of America as it was founded, you got to live it the way the founders expressed it. Now, even they screwed it up. The sedition laws and all this stuff, the Louisiana Purchase, I mean, even they messed it up. They created it and they messed it up, but they at least explained what they were trying to do. And you can go back and find the ideal. You can see the target they were shooting for and see where they missed. So if you want to live in the world they were trying to create, you got to follow the principles of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution as they were written and intended in the original context. But if you want to live in a world that has no rules, knock yourself out, Jack. But don't expect anybody else to ever do what you want them to do.
And don't expect them to just sit there when you start using the force of government to force them to do what you want to do. And worse than that, if you succeed, don't be surprised when that government finally turns around and gets around to you. You know, I didn't care when I came to get this guy or that guy or the other guy. When they came to get me, there was nobody there to help me. Well, that's because you didn't, you weren't responsible for your neighbor. You didn't care. You just wanted yours. So you shirked your duties and your responsibilities while the government cleaned out everybody else. And then when it comes time and you're the one under attack, somebody come help me. Why? You're getting what you wanted. You're loving your neighbor as you loved yourself. You cared about so much about yourself, you wouldn't stop to take care of your neighbor. And now you're getting what you asked for. That's what's happening to this country right now. We're getting what we asked for. We're under judgment. And it just happens to be we're under a judgment that's following the exact same patterns as what happened to the northern tribes in the Bible. It is a 3,500-plus-year-old pattern. You can ignore it all you want. But in the quote-unquote scientific world, we call that a natural law, you know, like the laws of physics. And we actually study it, and we actually make assumptions by it and test it. And you can do that with the Bible if you try. The sociologist to me, you know, ologist, meaning social scientist. You know, I've got the liberal medias or, or the liberal world's piece of paper that says I am a social scientist. I can actually test the Bible. I know how to do it. They they trained me how to the people who said the Bible's nothing trained me how to test it. And I'm telling them they're wrong by according to their own qualifications. I know they're wrong. Coming on the board by John Quest, we all prep to stand and fall as individuals rather than stand united. True. That's because we don't want to be a part of the body. See, that's a problem that the church has in and of itself. We all want to split. We got 50 bazillion denominations because we all want our own little fiefdom. We all want to be like Lucifer, you know, like Saul Alinsky. At least Satan earned his own kingdom. So we want to earn our own little kingdom of God. There's passages about that. Violent men are going to try to force their way into the kingdom. They get kicked out. They're not going to be allowed to stay in the kingdom. These are people who tear the body apart, ravenous wolves. What you're supposed to do is unite. The body's supposed to be uniting. That's what blessed make the peacemakers. It's not peacemakers with the world. The, The light has nothing to do with the darkness. You're not supposed to make peace with the world. If the world doesn't want to convert, you don't need to make peace with them. The Bible doesn't call them children of God. You pay attention to what your scriptures actually say, man. It's, it's, it's amazing. If you actually read the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, you're going to find things that are in there that you didn't know about. You're also going to find that it doesn't say the things you thought it said, you know, like separation of church and state. Not there, Jack. Bible's the same way. You're going to be surprised by what you find and don't find if you actually read it. Oh, Wait a minute. That's a personal responsibility, isn't it? Reading for yourself. Can't do that. Oh, sorry, forgive me. Can't, 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 can't be doing that. Social decay. Fascism. Tomorrow. Teaching Tuesday. We're going to dive in and focus in and drill down on these two ideas. Fascism first hour. Social decay second hour. So we're going to do political science in the first hour which was my focus in philosophy. And we're going to do social sciences in the second hour, which was my second degree. So I'm going to be in my wheelhouse tomorrow. And I might even be in rare form. Not allowed to have donuts, but a couple extra cups of coffee would work. 
We love each and every one of y'all for being here, and we thank you very much for joining us, sticking with us. If we're doing anything here that you like, at the very least, please hit the thumbs up button or the up rumble. It, it encourages us. It also helps with the algorithms. It helps gets, gets by the sensors and the systems, but we need as many of them as we can get. Um, the, the more you do, the better it helps the show. But only, only if you feel like you should do it. I don't want you doing anything against your will, ever. If you like what we're doing, please share the show. It helps if you share it directly. If you just share it to your social media, it gets squelched. We know that. We've been watching that. Share the link directly with your friends and family. Please explain what we're like. You know, we're not the easiest people to listen to, especially at first. We are an acquired taste, and we're well aware of that. It's mostly me. Natasha and Charlie are much more likable people than I am. I got that. But it's all about what we're teaching, not necessarily who's teaching it. Although I know they kind of go hand in hand, but, you know, I've also been told I grow on people eventually, especially when you realize that I'm not ugly. I actually like people more than I, more than I let on. A couple of you have come to visit. You found out for yourself. I've got a good disposition, folks. It shows every now and then. If you're paying attention, you got to stick with us. Otherwise, oh, also, the donut page, also known as a donate page. If you are financially able to do so and you feel led to do so, we would appreciate it if you'd sign up just $5 a month, reoccurring payment. Buy us a half a dozen donuts or a cup of coffee a month. It really will help. Um, we could use the help keeping the show going. Other than that, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Y'all stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for being here. Shalom.